0: Start the news I'm leaving today and welcome back to life MMA in the NBA I'm your host DJ San Marco although tonight I suspect I'll be called Dave San Marco because I have a very special guest with me from the Hender Hudson High School class of 1985. Who knows me as Dave San Marco. And so, therefore, that's what's going to be tonight, people. We're super excited. It's going to be an NBA-specific episode. Also, after my special guest, Coach uh, Rob Robinson of uh, Last Chance U, uh, assistant coach from uh, East Los Angeles College, will be joining us. But right now, it's time to welcome in none other than Hen own. Party people, put your hands together for Thomas T. Bell. Yes. Woo. Assistant coach at State University of New York in New Paws. And I'll tell you what, people. You know, you can think you're from wherever you, you want to think, but you know what? When you're from New York, that's what you need to
1: claim. Tom Bell, what's up, brother? Not much. Great to be here, Dave. I'm just so happy to have uh, be on with you tonight and talking some hoops. Dude, it's great to hear a New York accent.
0: Uh, my I lost mine long ago. Um it does enable me to make fun of people when I go home, but it also makes me feel like an outsider. So it's you know, it's a little bit of 50-50, coach. Um yep. <laughs> assistant coach at SUNY New Paul's men's ba- assist, men's basketball coach, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um Tom Bell who man, I just got to talk to Tom the other day for the first time in how many years, Tom? 30. <laughs> 30 or more is it 30 Why? or more
1: 35
0: 35 yeah something Why? like that because uh, i don't think i talked to you since like 86 yeah probably um, somewhere around there so it is it is an honor to talk to you and what you've done teaching kids all these years uh we kind of got into a little bit of uh tom uh his academics which you know strangely were kind of like mine better than mine but Still, something that he needed to work on to become uh, an educator who's been teaching for a quarter of a century now. Something like that.
1: Yeah, 32 years. I'm I'm more than that. My headset almost fell off. My Um, goodness, man. Feels like I started yesterday.
0: Wow. 32 years. And how many years have you been drinking beer? 33? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) so uh no that is that is amazing stuff, uh Tom, and we were talking about uh who we're gonna have on later, so you're gonna help me interview um coach Rob Robinson from last Chance you, and what struck you about watching that show and you're you're viewing that from the prism that you're a basketball coach, you're someone who's dealt with kids who need sort of a a help up off the floor. What were you thinking?
1: Uh, uh, What went through your mind as you consumed that series? Uh, two things. Number one, passion. It's a word I use all the time. Um, I tell it with my own children at home. If you're not passionate about something, there's probably no point in doing it. Uh, watching Last Chance. I, I, I didn't even know about Last Chance, too, to be honest with you, Dave. Um, my mm-hmm. son one night was like, hey, Dad, check this thing out. And I was glued to the set. I think I watched the entire series in one Straight night. Straight through? Wow. <laughs> sure I, I think I was up till about 3 a.m. I, I, I couldn't turn it off. But the passion uh, that both he and the head coach had, um, so the passion within them to, to, to make these kids see the light, to make these kids great players, to make these kids great individuals and human beings and give them another chance. And then the other thing that comes to mind is the word compassion and being compassionate and realizing that these kids just need somebody in their corner to give them an opportunity and to give them a chance. Um, So the passion to coach and the passion to, to drive the kids, but also being compassionate people. And I know it didn't look that way all the time. And I'm sure people watching me coach would say that, you know. but you have to be in that locker room. You have to be in that setting. You have to be with those kids I always tell parents of kids I've coached, whether at high school or college level, when you're in the gym two and a half, three hours a day with the team, like I am, then you get a sense of where we're at. You know what I mean?
0: We Coach. don't know. We don't. Those of us that haven't coached, we don't know.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, as parents, even myself as a parent of with children who played sports, you know, you think certain things, but if you're not in that locker room, if you're not in that team room on a daily basis you don't really know everything and so you know there, i'm sure there's a lot of people that watch that show that were like oh my god you know what's, what are they doing but they're doing what their heart told them to do you know
0: so you know we talked a little bit the other day i had the benefit of uh having one of the best hour-long conversations i've had in a while with tom about one of our fallen uh i will call him a classmate Tom will call him a teammate, a guy named Tom Short, who we lost in a car accident in late 1985. I believe it would have been December of 1985. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in that, you were starting, we went into the story about how you evolved academically and had that, um, that epiphany when you were at Westchester Community College. And it occurred to me to ask you that did you see any parallels between Westchester and East Los Angeles College? Absolutely. I,
1: obviously, I, I didn't play basketball at Westchester, as I told you. They were nationally ranked, and I wasn't that good of a player. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the, the kids that were in the classes with me and myself, like I just needed—I I needed to know how to study. I got, believe it or not, I was never taught it. Mm-hmm. And I think, Dave, you know, when you're in high school, you try to fake things. Sure. You, you know, you, you, and. You know, my parents were older people. Um, They had me when they were older. I was the youngest of nine. Everybody knew the Bells. And uh, I just didn't meet my mark academically. And it was very painful not getting into the schools I wanted to go to. I knew I wanted to be a phys ed teacher and a coach. Mm -hmm. And when you get those rejection letters, it's brutal. Um, But Westchester really provided me an opportunity for a fresh start. And as I told you, there was just one teacher, a biology teacher, who said, come with me. I'm going to teach you how to study. And, you know, here we are thirty two years later and you know, I can't I couldn't thank her enough. I wish I'd get in touch with her. But um
0: yeah, so there's a lot of parallels there and not a lot of money for athletics, kids barely getting by, kid working class kids that that need an opportunity. I remember you talked about you're kinda like, wow, like I don't feel like I kinda look like some of these kids or fit in with right. some of these kids. But then you realize these are all the same kids that are in East LA that are just they didn't get to pick, you know, they didn't maybe do that well in high school. They didn't uh, get a scholarship either academically or otherwise to a college. And, and they just, and I just mean the student populace at this point. I'm not even talking about KJ and and Joe Hampton and et cetera. Um, and, and this, 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 um, community college or college represents a sort of lifeline that people are able to climb up. I came up through, community college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did you. And how do you think that, you know, how do you contextualize that against somebody whose parents are able to pay for them to go to Duke?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think I've always, I've always thought this, Dave, and, and I, we, we have an assistant coach on our staff at New Paltz who's just this amazing guy, Jim Weary. People are more similar than they are different yes does that make sense yes okay so whether you're affluent or whether you're not that doesn't really people are still people people still have the same need people still need to be told they're doing well people still need direction people still need whatever so when i made the switch from coaching inner city kids in poughkeepsie to a little more affluent kids in spack and kill, I remember saying to somebody, those kids in Spackenkill needed me just as much as the kids in Poughkeepsie did. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, they were they, they were having problems too. They were having issues. They were they were different issues, but in ter- but in 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 the big picture, they were really all just kids. Right. <laughs> and they all just needed direction, and they all just needed you know somebody to, to to push them to be great, or somebody to listen to them, or somebody to you know get on them once in a while. But, um, yeah, again, it comes down to that passion and stuff, but I think people are more similar than they are different.
0: I agree with you that. And I would apply that to how I look at the world, how I look at uh, us as Americans state to state. I I agree with that a hundred percent. I'm thinking about if, if I just lose the say, lose the, the part, the kid part of it and just look at what the institution does, Um, the institution says if you can meet these standards both financially academically you can come here whereas this community college says we don't really care that much I mean if you can pass some very very simple tests you know you can just apply and get in here and get in class and we're going to give you the opportunity to raise yourself up that you don't get that you would not get at a major institution university of whatever yeah
1: yeah that's it, it, a really good point and one other thing about just people being different and, and and not knowing other people's situations um our head coach keith Kenny does this really neat activity when we get our teams together for the first time at the start of the season it's called hero hardship and highlight and you go with people you don't know and you talk about who's your hero what a hardship in your life and a highlight in your life and the whole point of the activity, it's easy to call somebody an a-hole or a, mm-hmm. or, or, hey, that kid, until you really get to know them, right? Mm-hmm. And by doing this activity, I mean, we've had guys hugging it out. We've had guys crying it out. And, and it's just amazing. You really get to know it, each other. And, you know, I think our country needs a little bit more of that right now. <laughs> I,
0: I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think uh, I felt that, and you felt that when we were talking the other day that we're of, one, of basically of one mind on that for mm-hmm. uh, lack of a better description um right. the other thing that resonated with me what you said and it's something i really envy and it came to the fore a little bit after senior year and you said i knew what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to be a gym teacher and a coach etc and i'm curious when you had that epiphany when you came to that conclusion were you at blue mountain when you decided that yeah. That's
1: great. Um, that's that's <laughs> so nuts. Go ahead. Well, a couple of things. There's there, there's two parts to that. Um, number one, my brother John uh, has always been like a role model to me. He was a class of '79, and I think it was '84 or '85. I think it was '84. Our junior year, he got on the staff with Vinnie Carrico in the Hut football program. So he started coaching hut football in '84, I believe. Coach A, what's up, brother? I love the curly hair. That's all I got to say. Go ahead. He, he wasn't teaching my brother; he was working elsewhere, but he was coaching on the side. And and, and that kind of like I saw that, and I was kind of like, ah, that's kind of cool. But here's I'm going to blow your mind right now. There was a television show that came out in 1981 called The White Shadow. Oh yeah, Coach Ken Ken, Ken Reeves. Reeves
0: Carver what's up, man. Yo,
1: I could be salami. I'm Jewish, man. <laughs> if my memory serves me right that show was on eight o'clock on monday nights so i'm gonna have to google that later on mm-hmm. and i would beg my mom to like i gotta watch it <laughs> like hey all right you're going to bed right after the white shadow i think it was 8 8 maybe even nine o'clock because it was a little risque it might have been nine o'clock because they they touched some things like teen pregnancy and they touched mm-hmm. some things like abuse and inner city violence absolutely and i went i used to just love watching that show and then I, I kind of take that into the next step. I, I told you I played for Jim Aarons in high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that may be watching this from Hen Hut 85 will remember him as Mr. Aarons. He didn't want to be called Coach Aarons. He was Mr. Aarons. Interesting. Why was and that? That kind of set a bar right there. Like it was never, hey, coach. We weren't allowed to say, hey, coach. It was Mr. Aarons. Why is that? I don't know. He was a social. So, so he on the sidelines? All
0: the time. Okay. So it didn't matter whether you were in class <laughs> or on the court. He wanted to be called Mr. Aaron's. Mr. Aarons. That is fascinating. Now he's like got to come on the show. Sorry. And explain kind of like that. Le-
1: explain yourself, Mr. It's kind, of like, it kind of like a level of respect, I guess, but he wasn't a gym teacher. Maybe that's why, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But anyway, um, playing for him junior and senior year, the meticulous practice plans, the meticulous, we were, Danny Markham used to say it all the time. He's like, there's no better practice coach in our, in our area than, than coach Aaron's. Like our practices were scripted to the T and, and I just, you know, I just, I, I ate all that stuff up and then I didn't play football, but I loved coach Anna Carico. I didn't play baseball, but I loved coaching the tally and yep. I just kind of gravitated towards that. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you.
0: Um, that I actually liked all those guys. And uh, as I told you, I had, no athletic background uh, at all. I admired you guys, and I looked up to you guys, and then Bruce Jersey said, Hey, Dave, why don't you come out for wrestling? And I was like, well, I've never wrestled. Ah, no problem. You'll learn about it on the fly. So basically, Bruce convinced me to come out for wrestling, and I did, and uh, although I was not a good wrestler at all, um, I figured out, well, if I can do this, then why shouldn't I be able to play football? And then went on to... um, Uh, play at Dean that one year and I actually played semi-pro one year when I was in the Air Force believe it or not I had to go through two tryouts for that I made one team and then they um, from that one squad they merged three teams so we kind of had a second tryout with all the guys there and I made that team as well and nobody was more surprised than I was
1: so before we go go any further I just want to thank you for your service to the country and I said this to you on the phone the other day. I have a nephew who uh, did three tours in, in with the Marines. And um, I just have so much respect, especially coming off Memorial Day weekend. So God bless you and all I the guys from the country. Because I know I couldn't have done it. I just, It's not my thing. And I just have so much respect for all you guys. So well, God bless.
0: thank you so much, Tom. I actually want to thank uh, Sergeant, uh, Staff Sergeant Jeff Phelps in the peak skill, uh, recruiting office down there by the DMV because Sergeant Phelps, uh, saw my record, uh, saw some of the bad things I did and, uh, basically took a chance on me. Um, and I will tell you about some of that offline, <laughs> but let's just say Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Phelps bet on me. And I, uh, I paid him back with a 21 year career and I say paid him back cause I was lucky to get in the air force. Anyway, uh, Coach Rob Robinson is ready to join us, Tom. So now you're going from the interview EC to the interviewer seat. Got it. Are you ready? Yep. Your hen huds answer to Marv Albert all of a sudden, <laughs> or Jim Gray. I mean, I don't know who do I... there
1: you Go. <laughs> all right. Dating yourself with those names.
0: <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back on Life MMA and the NBA. Coach Tom Bell and I will interview Coach Rob Robinson. me and welcome back to life mma and the nba i'm your host dj san marco but as i said for tonight's show it's going to be dave san marco because my high school classmate tom bell is on Uh, The coach, assistant men's basketball coach at State University of New York, SUNY New Pauls. And we are here to welcome a very, very special guest. Somebody I've been wanting to have on for months. And um, it's a big honor. So as I like to say in the voice from Coming to America, party people, put your hands together for Coach Rob Robinson. (laughs) From East Los Angeles College. Yeah, that boy good. That boy good. good. I I love it. (laughs) Sexual chocolate. Uh, My man, Randy Watson, forever my favorite entertainer. Jackson Heights home, uh, Mr. Randy Watson. But anyway, uh, Coach Tom Bell and I are joined by uh, ELAC coach uh, Rob Robinson. It is an honor to talk to you, as we were just saying, sir.
2: Yeah, Um, my ass. pleasure to be here, man.
0: And we're all bald. You know, right now, the only person that's holding out – and, I, you know, I'm going to expect a selfie from you tomorrow, Coach Bell, that is going to show a bald head. Are you willing to commit to that right I'm now? I'm I'm not bald. I won't
1: say bald. I'm shaved. I, I prefer it shaved. Oh, well, look
0: <laughs> at you showing off, man, yeah. doing some Phil Collins action over there. It's awfully great, okay. though. It's okay. I'll tell you what, man. I'm a little bit jealous, but don't tell Coach Robinson that. It's okay. Um, so anyway, Rob, um, it's so awesome to have you on. I wanted to get you guys to uh, talk a little bit of NBA playoffs. So it's going to go around, go around the bracket, and go around the league a little bit. I want to tell you guys that I'm not geared toward any one particular team or player. So I, don't, you know, I'm going to be totally
2: neutral tonight. Okay? Yeah. Been a heck, it's been a heck of an emotional ride for us Lakers fans. Yes,
0: um, and and I'm not going to admit right now that I'm going to ask you guys at the end to compare LeBron and Jordan. I'm not going to admit that right oh, now. Well, I'm ready. Oh, okay, I'm ready. all right, good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but right... <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll see if my argument in LeBron's favor holds up or if I end up like a freshman that the two of these guys just are like curb stomping down near the end line. So... <laughs> but but Rob, would you prefer we we're gonna talk about ELAC and a little bit about last chance you and you. Would yeah. you prefer to do playoffs first? Or you wanna go ELAC oh, first? Oh no, let's
2: let's hey let's hey let's dive into any questions you guys might have about about the uh, about the uh, show or JC basketball or California community colleges. it, it is a different beast style. So it's yeah. a uh it. it can be an eye opening eye opening experience to to learn how it how it works as compared to the other forty nine.
0: Well, yeah, I'd like to hear that then because uh, I think you guys spoke about the no dorms, that you can't offer these guys meal cards uh, and things like that, which is just, it's, its you know, you're like, these guys got to find a place to live. I mean, I lived in, I moved here from SoCal to Florida. Okay. I know. I, right. I lived in Laguna Niguel. It's like ridiculously oh, expensive.
2: Yeah, it could be tough there. Yeah, it could be tough. California California community colleges are different because uh, I mean, just the foundation—they um, them, were supposed to be colleges for your community. I mean, that's what the—that's what the name says. Uh, tuition isn't much. Uh, pretty much anybody who's a California resident, you can—you can go to school for free. Mm-hmm. You can so you can go to community college for free,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: nothing else comes with that. So from a basketball standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, like there's there's no there's no dorms, there's no set housing, and there's no way to give kids like resources from even a ride to um, to feed to feeding them. So it's a, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting dance that we play in order to, to, to get through that college experience, because obviously kids need a place to stay and they have to eat. <laughs> so it's yeah. a, uh, it can be, it could be, it can be difficult, but because they don't have to pay for school. Uh, there's a lot of times from a from a Pell Grant or from a financial aid standpoint. Those things can make up for that for an out of state for an out of state kid. Uh, we're fortunate at East LA is that we're in Los Angeles and um, there's 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 enough talent in LA to win. There there definitely is. Now getting those kids to practice, that's a whole <laughs> That's you mean physically, inter- I mean physically or in turn physically okay. just getting them to it's its one of the things that the show didn't touch on and um every day we we practice at three o'clock in the afternoon um we have study halls uh the, the day usually starts for the kids with um classes at nine uh, all our classes are done by 12 that uh, we do have mandatory study halls twice a week uh four days with different groups and that's 12 to one thirty, from a check-in standpoint and during the show you saw me actually in that counseling center i did i did see that <laughs> yep. yeah they're they're there in that center uh and then they have about an hour of time uh for themselves before 2 30 but then the process of 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 treatment tape pre-practice etc starts to kick in we practice at three and every day it is a miracle that we have practice at three o'clock it, it it is a miracle if you could see like from the different parts of LA where all the kids come from, and I mean we got kids coming from the Valley, we got kids coming from South Central, from Cerritos, from Riverside, from Orange County. It's a Lola. logistics issue, is what you're saying. Oh, it's it's, 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 it's a logistics it's a nightmare. Issue. Logistically, it's a night. It, it can be, but I mean every day at three o'clock, it, it just it somehow, it somehow all. all comes. <laughs> we we would we. we we as our coaching staff we would we would literally look at the door starting at 2:30 and just be relieved as they come in one at a time just re, just a, a sigh of relief like <laughs> if you know anything about coach mo and Moe's mo is uh he's 6 foot, but he he's a he's a post player at heart. Uh, he loves posts. I mean he's 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 not going with any of these trends. None of this none of these guards or positionless or shooting threes like it's no. Yes. Not, no no not at all mo is old school and so you can't have a practice without six post players like his practice <laughs> plans you need six post players and so as they come in i'm just checking them off i'm checking them off i'm like and as soon as we get to 6 i'm relieved because then he can have a practice because if we only have four or five he's going to lose his marbles during that practice and it's going to turn into something <laughs> else so animated yeah so he he really gets into it but it's it's tough in california it's it, from that standpoint i mean if you're a regular if you're a student in your community it's an absolute incredible resource to be able to go to a california community college for free kids have great it's great for them as well but from a basketball standpoint man bringing bringing those all together it can be it can be very tough and and that's why we're limited from an out-of-state standpoint you know after the show came out as you can imagine i mean i've had thousands of requests from 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 basketball players across the world Want to want to come and they don't quite understand. Like, no, nah, it's it's about it'll be a for an out of state student. It's about eleven thousand a year. It's going to cost you another ten to to stay and and feed yourself. So it's it's not it's not if you live in L A. If you live at home, then it's it's going to cost you gas money. Hey, Co- yeah. I just want you to tell Coach Ken, man, if, if there's some guy like that from Slovenia and he
0: has the last name Doncic, I I think you should take that call. Yeah, that,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know how you where you're going to put him, but.
2: Okay uh, does uh, with, though, those guys like that find their way on. you don't have to find <laughs> <their way. laughs> all right a, i want
0: to go I want to go back to study hall, Rob, because yeah. I, I get the impression that that is not necessarily either in your job description, and I get the impression that you're not getting paid
2: for that. Oh gosh, no, 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 not at, not at all, but it's um it's a way i mean we we do our best to mimic the division one or scholarship level so that it's a transition for the kids you know they're they might be at elac on a friday but they could easily be at a scholarship school on a monday and and it'd be like the the same so we try to make it as collegiate as possible and study hall is a part of that you know every every school is going to have that mandatory time where a kid has to go in and either check with counselors tutors um but i just happen to be all the above and uh and coach Mo. Uh, he's in class during those times. We coach Mosley is a full-time teacher and Monday through Thursday. Uh, he works from, let's say 11 to two 30. He'll usually have some other commitment with East LA community college. So that was, that's where I found where I could, I could be, I could be utilized. And I was a high school teacher for, for 20 years. Woo-hoo! Um, Both of you guys, so, we have two high school teachers here. You know, yeah, I was a high school teacher for 20 years. So I was an educator. And I'm, I'm I've been I've been helping kids with you know the basics of education since you know 1999. So it was very natural for me to go into that environment, and then and be able to to uh, I wouldn't say tutor them necessarily, but always keep them on the right track and and on pace. Or and then I know who to get in touch with. Like I'm I I might not be able to find X for you in that equation, but I know exactly where to send you to be able to to do that. So. No, it wasn't part of the job description. When when John said he needed a coach, he was we, we only talked basketball. And then about six weeks later, I don't. It was everything but basketball. It was absolutely everything. had <laughs> to do
1: with the laundry,
2: that. right, Coach? I was laundry was. I don't know how that m- morphed into that, but I <laughs> I turned into the to the laundry guy. It used to, it, It's funny because it started as practice jerseys. But when the kids found out, like, then all of a sudden, like, you know, the kids who are away from home, I just kept finding new stuff in, in the bin, you uh-huh. know, you're yeah, like, I How are you doing this? There's socks I would, from yeah. Like I would, I would, I would, I would go to get the practice stuff and put it in the washing <laughs> machine in the place. And I'm like, like, this is a, this, this sweatshirt is an ELAC, you know, these shorts, these socks, these, right. these, these shirts, these polos, like this has nothing to do with, <laughs> with ELAC. and. They really started to take advantage of me. but I felt. I give those kids credit for being in smart. They're yeah, learning,
0: they started, they're adapting to their environment, and leveraging every resource. Hey, they
2: snuck they snuck it in on me many a <laughs> time, and then, and then finally I had to shut it down. It got too much. It just got too much. But it was, um, you know, hey, you it's not glamorous. You know, coaching coaching college basketball is not glamorous. You know what's what is kind of cool and the glamorous part is actually, you know, on a Thursday night, 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. Very, oh man, that now if you show up to that, it's like it's pretty nice. We got all nice stuff. Hey, there's dunks. There's you know there's some cheerleaders. There's some. It's very it's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But for the other 22 hours a day, for the other five days, oh my gosh, there's it's not glamorous at 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 all. It's a grind. Yeah. It 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 really is. But I love hoops and I love I love working with kids and helping them get to the next level. So it's 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 something that I do with a smile on my face.
0: I'm gonna give. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach Bell. I
1: have a quick question for you. Um, you know, it's a little different. I'm a Division three guy. Um, but when you get kids coming into your program, um, how's the adjustment period you find, whether they're coming from high school or whether they're coming from another college program, how long does it take them to adjust to what you guys want to do? Um, like, the big thing I have in, in recruiting selling high school kids is, we recruit a lot of high school kids, is you're not – like it, at our level, it's a league of men, right? And At your level, it's a league of men. So like you're not a finished product when you're a freshman in high school, a freshman in college, like, like you're going to be when you're 22 years old. So just talk a little bit about, you know, you get kids in there from all over and like how, how is it, how do they adjust to what you guys want to do in your program and things like that?
2: They, um, well, it's, you know, it's no different than our level than then the next level be that one, two or three. Right. and that it's going to be extremely difficult for a kid to adjust. They, they, they come from such different basketball backgrounds mm-hmm. and they're playing differently. Even, even you look at a high school kid today, like they, they play one way on a high school team, then they play another way on a travel team. And then they, and then oh, they, wow. have, other, they have other people telling them how they should be playing. And right. then it all comes together at your college and then it's like the first week or two, you were you were telling the kids like, okay, all of that's over. <laughs>
1: that that's a wrap.
2: Like now, now this is what you are because this is what we do. And you know, like I said, what we do, we have two post players at all time, and those two post players pass to each other more than the guards do. So, wow. it's, uh, yeah, you it's, got
0: you got some some Jokic business up in there, man.
2: Okay, some Nikola coach, Jokic. <laughs> coaches, hey, coaches, hey, we're throwing. We have the best we we have the best bigs in the state of of california um so and we have we have a front court that could match any national jc in the in the country like year after year we have we have big guys um and that's what coaches he does a great job with and he makes makes he makes the guards pass the ball like they don't have they don't have a choice which is that what we're talking about is that transitionary period um Honesty, I think, is has really been has really been helpful. Like brutal honesty, the first week or two, to say like, no, you, as you just said perfectly, you're not a finished product. Um, we, you just in the open court, they're all finished products. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see, on a fast break when they're throwing lobs to each other and they're dunking and they're doing all this athletic and stuff. Oh yeah, they're they're fine. But I mean, you're only getting eight to twelve fast break points a game. Like where are the other sixty coming from? like so it's 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 getting them to understand like they know nothing and that is that is a very difficult concept to get across to a kid because they were so good before they got to us are they
0: uh, not running as complex a scheme in high school or is it just that they're running a a variety of schemes where they have a lot more agency and then they get into your programs like no this is how we're going to move and this is how we're going to play
2: well, in, in in high school, if you're a Division One basketball player, the rules don't work. The rules don't work for you. They 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 it's it's a different game for you because you're so much better than than everybody else. You know, it's like the the physics of the universe don't apply to Division One guys in, in high school. Like they can do bad things. Like they can their footwork doesn't have to be great. They don't have to play hard all the time. There's so many different things and they still get 20 or 30 or 10 rebounds. Or, you know, if you're six six, nine, and you can run from one rim to the other rim without falling down in high school, you're going to be pretty, pretty good, right? From a stat standpoint. So just getting them to, uh, and, and out of the coaches that I've seen at the college level, and I've been, and I've seen every, I've been to every practice, and I mean, USC, UCLA, Loyola Marymount, Division II's, Mingus, Cal State, LA, JC's, great high schools. I've been to them all in the last 20 years. There's, it, they're not that complex. Like the offenses are not that complex. It's, um, uh, it's just the kids have problems having to do something. Like, you know, because they're used to being free. Good players are used to being free. Right. They're used to being able to shoot when they want. They're used to being volume shooters. Like every kid we have is used to missing five in a row in a high school game. Because they know they're going to get five more, right? Where, right. Whereas when you play for Coach Mosley, no, you're getting five. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. You're good. and you better make two or three of them. Like you're getting five. You're not going to miss five in a row playing for Coach Mo. You're you're, you're not going to. It's right. and the same thing at, at UCLA. There might be one player on the Bruins that's allowed to miss more than two or three in a row. The rest of those dudes, it's not. It's not going to happen.
0: You know what? And it, it, the two basketball coaches are going to laugh at me here because the two of you guys are professionals, and I'm I'm just somebody who watches this stuff as a fan. But when Deshaun said last year when he was having a bad game, one of those episodes he was really struggling, and he said, "You know," and 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 I remember like being on a trip, and I was talking to m- one of my podcast partners about this show, and I was repeating what Deshaun had said, and it was an epiphany for me. And he said. You know, he goes, you, you can be in this position and miss shots and, and it's okay. And you can be in this position, you can be in this position, but when you're the shooting guard and you're not hitting, like you're not doing your job, like that's not going to escape everybody. Something analogous to that. Do you remember when he
2: said that? Oh, no, yeah, that was the conversation that we had. And I, I had reiterated that as well, because that's the position I had played in, in college. And if, if that's your, if that's your thing. Like your your entire existence is based on you making a shot. (laughs) Yeah. Your entire existence, like it's it's you don't exist unless you do it. Unless you do it, you do it well. And there's certain guys on the team, like that's what you're looked at to do. And we had guys on our team that were like that. And I've had guys on my team in high schools that were that were like that. And so that was it. So when they miss a shot, everybody, the other guys are like, "Yo, dude, that's your job. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's yeah. (laughs) You're you're supposed to make a shot." Whereas if if you were ever in that position, it is incredibly hard. I don't think, I mean, once I got to college, I became a really good shooter. And over my four years of playing, I mean, I think I might have been open five times in four years. I mean, mean, games would start and coaches wouldn't even help off of me. They would just put a guy on my hip and they would, don't let him shoot. Don't let him catch it. Don't let him shoot. And so I learned real quick, like if you're a really good shooter, you better have good players on your team. Yeah. You better have really good players on your team so people can help off and give you some, give you some, uh, give you some light there. And, and it's, it's tough, man. When you think of yourself as a shooter and you're not making it and Deshaun had a rough year of shooting. And, and a lot of that was his frustration. You know, a lot of that is frustration when you're not playing well, and you're and you're a basketball player it's like the world's coming to an end it that's just that's that's what it is
0: how much did losing his mom affect him um, and I'm sorry coach Bell's got the next question yeah. but how, how how much did losing his mom how how does a guy get through that and then show up and be able to compartmentalize how do you well,
2: that well hey well it's all of, all of if you ever lost your mom doesn't matter what age it is it's mm-hmm. absolutely heartbreaking and a piece of you is just gone right and and even as you get i don't want to say you get used to it you know uh but the days do get the days do get easier but there's just not a day where Deshaun doesn't didn't think of his think of his mom because she was such a big part of his life there's very few days i don't think of think of my mother and you know I, I had my mother i was 45 years old but still i mean it's it's you have those those days and it affected him profoundly because he had to grow up so fast like you see on the show where Deshaun's like he's living with himself, right, or right. With his girlfriend, right? But but up until the, his mom goes, like he's he's a regular kid in a house with 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 rules and food being made for him and his clothes being taken care of and not worrying about the bills and just and just like that, you know, he had to he had to transition and um, that was for all of us when we had to transition from that. There was mm-hmm. some growing pains, <laughs> we all remember. There was growing pains. And uh, Deshaun had to do his at a really early at a really early age, and uh, it it did it did affect him. If you think long term, it's it was it was probably the turning point that that made this made him the, the strongest that he is. But there was so many times, even during our season, although we were almost a year removed from his mom passing away, uh, it affected his day. It affected his practice. It affected his mentality. Um, and you have to take that into consideration, just like all the other kids. They all got something going on.
0: That, right. You know,
2: Nobody's and, just uh, living great and
0: has not a worry in the world. Even the
2: coaches. Like we there's things in our lives that are happening and it's mm-hmm. and it's like, man, like how am I how why am I even practicing right now? I gotta go do this, you right. know? And you got to kind of keep that in mind you know with 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 the kids and especially at junior college because all of them kids have problems i mean them problems are real and it and you got to see like a joe hampton or oh or Deshaun or kj a little bit but hey all 15 of them yeah they, they, they got problems they, they got issues that's why you're there yeah.
1: coach how hard i think the thing everybody loves about the show is it's like an inside look right it's it's so genuine and, and everything. How hard is it with the cameras there? Uh, not only for you guys, but for the players. Like, talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, were there times where certain things obviously couldn't be aired? Like, oh
2: yes, that was um. Uh, well, the 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 people at Last Chance, you this wasn't their first rodeo. You know, right. this, like this is year five or six for them, and. That crew has mostly stayed together. like the crew who did year one like in Mississippi for football, I, you know 70, 80% percent of those people are still doing this. Right? Wow. So they really they know what they' they're doing. Um, so and I'm grateful for that because the show came out incredible, right? They really know what they they're, they really know what they're doing. But uh, it is it is weird to say the least. Uh, yeah. when they to begin, like when the first day they had the cameras there, Uh, it was for tryouts and you know they mic'd us up and i was like oh that's different but the camera was more on the tryouts and they would come by the coaches and it was just it was like all over the place for like a week for like a couple days and then they went to go finish laney football up north and so we that was my mind like okay they're gonna come and do something like that and when they came back when basketball season started mm, that wasn't the case at all like i would I get out the car and they meet you at your car and they mic you up and then there's a camera on you, like at that moment. Right. And they would follow you around for the rest of the day. And there was usually a couple camera crews on campus and there was one to follow around the players and one to follow around the coaches. Okay. And so, I mean, there was four hours a day, there's a camera there and you do get used to it and you get used to the people holding the camera and, and the, and the mic guys, um, but in the beginning, you almost don't know what to say or how to act. Right,
1: you, you,
2: know I mean? you don't. You don't. You you, you can say it's you be yourself, right? It's it's really difficult to be yourself <laughs> in, in the beginning, like the first week or two, because you think like everything I say is going to be on this show. That, you know, <laughs> that's you like, every single thing I say is going to be on the show, and then now looking back in retrospect, I mean, you know, one percent of one percent of what I said was Who's on like, the show. Was on the show, so it's it's um I think it affected the players more in the beginning because the players were a little bit more they weren't they weren't authentic they were just kind of extra it was it was just it was they just took it up a notch like the cameras would come around they'd be a little bit louder
0: you know like the, the real the real housewives of East L A
2: college <laughs>
0: yeah. and then they just said all right I'm just gonna be me
2: yeah, yeah. They, they just took it up a notch and and it was a little it was a little extra. But um, eventually, after a couple of weeks, it got to around Christmas time, beginning of January. It, we we really didn't even notice they were, we didn't even notice they were there anymore. So they, 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 you, you didn't even notice. Although some conversations like, you know, me and you were having a conversation like, like right now, like me and me and DJ's having this conversation right here. And there's a camera, right? There. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's terrible. I know. You don't, <laughs> but you as the viewer don't see the camera, right? Right, but, right. Me and but you know me and Semaine might be having a conversation and the camera is right like if I turned I'd hit it that's how close it. It, is. it was breathing it was in, in your something. ear. <laughs> so those those moments did were always a little bit weird but but the kids got used to it um, it didn't affect their play um, at, at all it affected the teams we played though I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it, it didn't it played, didn't affect
0: Howing because he hit like about seven in a
2: row No, that's <laughs> the kid from but Rio see, Hondo every every team we played like they played their they played the best it was like (laughs) they played their their best game it's like they knew like this is my chance to be on netflix and i'm gonna and they played they played well and they played hard and they made the game so much harder than they should have been and it was um we took we 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 literally took everybody's best shot like every every single game they they brought the best they had because they thought they were going to be to be on the be on the show and so that's why so many times you'll look up and it might be a one point game and if you blink then it's a 40 point game because eventually eventually we got guys six nine that get the miss and put it back our shooting percentages aren't that great we just end up getting the rebounds and putting them back in and so you'd be able to stretch it out over over time but those dudes would hang tough with us because they they were definitely hyped
1: Coach, how did they go about picking your school or your program? Is oh man,
2: that's it? well. They they reached out to lots of community colleges in California. That being said, they wanted LA. Okay. They wanted they wanted to do a show in in LA, and we happened to be at at this time. You know, the last four or five years, the most successful community college in the LA area, and so it was kind of like a natural fit. But they went to other schools. Um, and other schools were, were like, no, uh, I know they was up in San Francisco. I know they were, they were out in some schools out in, the, uh, out in other parts of Cali. And, and, and those coaches, I mean, they didn't want their stuff out there. I, I, can actually,
0: I can actually speak to this because I heard Greg Whiteley asked about it. Yeah. He, he said they had to bug uh, Coach Mo a, a couple of times to get them to even have lunch with them. And then they ask him the question, after you sat down with Coach Mo, how quickly did you decide that East L.A. College was going to be the school? And he said about
2: 15 seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll, Mo, Mo will have that so, effect on you because he's so, yeah, he, he, is, he is so, he's such, a, he's such a character from a basketball standpoint. And then his personal life mixed in with it is, it's, it's great for college basketball in our program. But mm-hmm. it was perfect for TV. Um, it is, it was, it was perfect the way he, the way he handles things and the way he carries his faith into everything he does mm-hmm. amongst like the chaos that, that is, that is around him. And, and, and like I say that the last chance, they struck a gold mine with him because he is, he is so, he is so disciplined and you know, he is, he is such a good man, but he understands the kids that he's coaching. And, and as, as we all do, we're not trying to change any of these young men, all we're trying to show them is a better way that that is it. And we fully realize that we're not going to see the fruits of our labor in six months, like six months from into it, they might jump stop a little bit better, but those kids are still, you know, saying the craziest stuff, doing some of the craziest stuff, but we know, <laughs> but we know that if we just keep grinding like three, four five years from now, that's the foundation that was, that was set. And Mo does a great job. Coach Mosley does an incredible job of letting those kids be themselves as they grow. Whereas like some people in this position would be like, no, you can't act like that. You can't dress like that. You can't talk like that. You can't all these things. And that's not, that's not what we do at East LA. We're, we're trying to show them a different way, but we realize that growth is going to take some time and we might not see it, but we know it's going to happen someday. Awesome. He, he He clearly
0: leads by example and doesn't make them, uh, be a certain way like you said he just says you know you could just look at him and see how he behaves and then say well that is probably a type of guy like I'd want to emulate is that guy but yeah, he's not going to make you you know but I want not, I actually want to make a statement to you before I ask you my next question which I think about 75 percent of you just answered in your prior statement but right, but, I, right. but I want but I want to tell you something when you think about art whether art is in the form of video or audio, like music. You know, you talked about the Commodores um, earlier that that was going to be your walkout song. Tommy talked about New York, New York, because guess where we grew up? Yeah, right. In, in New York, right? We're from the Hudson Valley, um, and in its highest form, it it's going to move emotion. That's what art does when it's when it's taken in its highest form, either uh, audio, video. And what you guys produced really, really moves emotion. And I say that as somebody who I've been on about 12 deployments between military and civilian to not only Afghanistan, well, Afghanistan, Iraq and some other places. Right. And so in doing that, you have to compartmentalize your emotion. You can't see a kitten that's about to die next to the chow hall and be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to fly tonight. Cause I just saw that. Or if you see somebody get killed on a gun camera, you know, yeah. that you're firing at or whatever happens, you know, you, you have to, you can't let emotion get the best of you because you might have 60 days left. So yeah. in watching you guys and what you guys did on last chance, you brought me to emotion that, I, I can't think of anything else I've seen in years that, that, that brought me that much emotion. And I want to thank you guys for that. You and the rest of your, your staff and your teammates.
2: What you just said, I, which is why I think it was such a great match, is basketball is, has the most emotion, I believe, of, of any absolutely. sport. And, and you can't hide it. That's the thing. Like other sports, you can kind of hide it. You can suppress it. It's absolutely impossible. And, and basketball and you bring all of that emotion and your personality like to the table every single day as coaches and players. And obviously when you have different personalities and emotional thresholds, you get explosions <laughs> and it's, um, it's, it's such an emotional thing. And, 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 and especially at the college level, because all of us put every inch of what we have into it. Like the players put their whole body into it. The coaches put so much into it as coaches. I mean, we sacrifice everything around us so that we're successful for these kids. Like you sacrifice your own time, your family time, like so many things, and all that emotion just boils completely. And we all got to see that in that in that in that season. Uh, the positive was though is that if you can grow through those those emotional times, you can really see some development and how basketball can really change a kid's life. And I'm not talking about making shots. No, we're we're talking about just be making them better men and, you know, productive people in our society. And it's, that was the cool thing about the show is that it kind of, it kind of showed how, how important, like what we do, how important it, it it can be if, if, if everybody just supports us, you know, that's, that's the thing I think I got the most out of the show um, was I was just hopeful that, cause we're just one community college, there's colleges everywhere. And if people watch that, and if they were just like, if I, well, maybe if I support our community college, maybe they'll be helping kids because they they will, you know. With basketball, works sports work, you know. They're, we're they're we're always-
0: both we're both community college kids, myself and Coach Bell. So we
2: we feel if, you. If they if they support us, we can change lives. Like we can we can we can change lives, and and so many times when people look from the outside, they think it's just hoops. Like support them, what so they can win? Like they can win. Nah, no, that's not no it's yes yeah it's not only affecting that kid but that kid's
0: younger cousin younger brother's gonna go oh look they went off to a community college and now they're went to d1 and now they're working in some some really good job i mean yeah,
2: and, and you what you and especially the kids that we get unfortunately because we're still at this point in our society i i mean every year every year i've been here three years Like all the kids who come through the door, like no, nobody's graduated college, like in, in their family, there might be one person, maybe still, we're still here. It's 2021 and we still have generations of kids who don't know what it's like to be in a house full of college educated people, you know, it's role models. So And so what, what we're doing, I mean, we are, we are literally changing the trajectory of these kids' last name forever. And that's and that's what you got to keep your mind on. Like it's it's Although basketball is important, we're competitors. We love hoop. Let's not say winning's not important because because it is, and we want to hoop. And you want to compete, and you want to score one more basket than the other team every 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 game. But the uh, there's so much more that's important uh, for that kid and and changing. You know what what it's going to be like, like, as you just said, for his younger cousin, for his kids. Um, we we've had we've had players that first year we've had players who the player himself sparked something in his father and his father went back to school. Went to school. That's amazing. He went, he went back to college during that process. Like, you know what, I'm going back. And so hey, we got him, he, he filled, we helped him fill out his financial aid and he got going and he got, and he started taking college classes. So it's sports can do that. You know, it can, it can change things like that. And that's, that was the cool thing about the show that it, it showed how, how we can, it's it's basketball for sure it is but you know any sport any sport can really can really change the trajectory of a kid's last name
0: so so coach you're determined to answer all my questions before i ask them oh Cause, man. Cause <laughs> my, no this is good this is good this is good yeah. let me let me get this though okay. okay but you you partially answered it but i'm going to ask you straight out why are you could be at a bigger program why are you still at east los angeles
2: uh at this at this particular moment and, and in this spring after the show came out, like before the show came out, I was still on the hustle. I mean, I'm I got to call a coach to call a coach just so they'll think about reading what I sent them like, you know, it is, this college game is very it's like the mafia. It's, it's it's something else, boy. And so but once you get in, you're usually in. But the. uh so it was like that, but when the show came out, things did change, you know, uh, things did change a little bit. And I've had a few opportunities, but nothing that was better than the opportunity that I have like at this moment. And, and not to say I was above any of, of the things, it was a national JC uh, opportunity, um, just recently a possible uh, director of ops, recruiting coordinator at a division one, um, but, and I'm not above that. And I would love to take those jobs, but those, I think, those jobs will be there maybe a year from now. Whereas what we're doing at East LA right now, especially because there's a really hard push to begin filming in August for season two, uh, so if I, I think I'm gonna ride that a little bit, a little bit longer, and also I'm kind of stubborn in the sense that I mean, I I want I want to I want to win I want to win a championship at East LA, and I'd like to help Mo get over the top, and uh, I'm kind of stubborn like that sometimes. Doing things maybe I shouldn't do. I did the same thing in high school. I stayed way too long because I, you know what, damn it, I was gonna win a Southern Section Championship. I was going to win one. And uh and it took me like 17 years. But I, I got I I got one, right? Whereas seven years before that or 12 years before that, I should have been doing what I'm doing right now, realistically. But it was I was stubborn like that. So so there's been a few opportunities, but I'm not gonna be at East LA forever. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what the goal is. I'd like mm-hmm. to be a division one or division two assistant or a JC head coach somewhere, be uh, anywhere. Uh, I'm pretty open. And, and that, I know that's, I don't focus on that. And because I, I, I don't focus on winning, um, I always focus on things that help you winning. And so I wanna be a college coach. I wanna be a head coach. That's the outcome. I don't even think about it. I'm just killing all the objectives in front of me that are going to lead to that outcome. So that's all. That's all I'm focused. So I know if I keep helping these kids in study hall, if we keep winning, I make John's job easier. Uh, if if all that happens, that outcome is going is going to happen. So my focus was just on working with with Gary and JT today. You know, on on their follow through because these dang kids shoot the ball on their palm. I mean, what the heck, yo? I, I got there's no room. So I'm trying. to... I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get finger I'm trying to get fingers in the grooves and follow through and two fingers that I I, I'm doing that for hours today right with with various kids and that's just where my focus is and I know that if I keep doing that then whatever 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 my whatever what what I want it's going to happen later
1: so you said you were a high school coach you were a head coach for how long
2: yeah 20 years
1: so how was the adjustment for you going from the guy in charge to now an assistant coach's role
2: Man, that was, uh, that, was a pretty, that was a learning curve to say, mm-hmm. to say the least um, because I'm a pretty strong personality as, as well. Um, I'm pretty animated as well. Like if you saw me at a high school practice or at a high school game uh, and then saw me at ELAC, it, it would, it's a totally different, totally different person. Uh, but I had to learn. Um, as we talked about earlier, how hard it is for the kids to adjust when they get to college. Mm-hmm. It was, I had the same learning curve. And it was very, it was difficult. Now it wasn't difficult in the sense where I didn't enjoy it. I loved every minute of it, but it was still difficult to not have that type of input that you're used to, that you're used to having. And so the, the, the beginning of it, um, was, uh, I went into the job and I was quiet and I just watched, I, I I mean, I literally just watched for four to six weeks, trying to figure out how I could help. And then. And that was kind of during the summer months when I took, when I took the position and when school started, the workload jumped <laughs> exponentially and I was able to find my niche and really learn how to be an assistant coach at the, yeah. at the college level. Cause during the summertime, it's, it's more, it's more skill development. Yeah. You know, cause you're working with kids, but the moment school starts, I mean, skill development and practice, like I said, is only two out of 24 hours in a day and so it's that becomes the smallest part of their of their day and and I just learned like hey what was lacking like we don't mimic we're not mimicking you know USC's basketball program well why because right. well, we don't have this this and this and I would see where it was lacking and I'd be like all right well I'm going to do that or well, I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that and it wasn't basketball it that's, wasn't it's a beautiful but, thing but, but but it equated yeah. to winning and it gave me incredible experience and I'm grateful that I had a head coach who let me grow, like let me grow in that. Cause coach Mo was like, oh, hey, I need all of it. Like I need it all. Like I'm, I'm, I was planning, I was running and I was organizing, you know, uh, the days for kids academically, 15 kids per day. And to be able to put a system together to do that, you know, that's a valuable, that's a valuable experience wherever i go to next like i'll be able to do something like that
0: you know what i see in you rob is you there's no such thing as a great leader who wasn't a great follower if you see someone who is always trying to be the leader they always have to be in charge in every situation that person is not a good leader and they weren't a good follower the fact that you've shown by 20 years of leading uh you know winning championships and and leading high school team just like coach tom would did the same thing that you did for i don't how many years did you coach high school
2: 25 25 oh, years man. so and he has he has the scars as well he has, he
0: the, has the, the i yeah you guys have a lot in common here yeah um, a lot <laughs> common listening to
1: him you're both that. assistant coaches yeah. <laughs> to a, in a
0: program but but the fact that you've shown that you're a great follower, if I were administrator of a school, I would know that you de- you, you're you a great leader because if you sucked at following and you were that sort of a guy who was always sort of undermining coach and didn't want to run his program, chances are you're a terrible leader. But right. I know that I know that you're a great leader by watching what you've done because you said, I'm going to do what's necessary for this team.
2: What, yeah, what, what, whatever it what hey, takes. Yeah, what whatever it takes, and it's um, it's not as much basketball. Don't get me around. I wish it was, but you know what? It's not needed. John isn't. He's, he's a. He has a great system that he that he runs. Um, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't need me as much. You know, not to say he doesn't lean on me for certain things, but that's not what he. That's not what he needs. He. He needs. Uh, he needs so and so to do his Chicano studies tonight. That's yeah. what he. needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, He's a so. colonel,
0: and he needs a lieutenant colonel. So you're the lieutenant. That's what colonel. He, I That's it.
2: what. Hey, that's what John. That's what John needed. But it's um, but that's a role that we all grow into though, as 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 becoming leaders. Like, you know, my my first five ten years of coaching high school. I mean, I was a terrible leader. You know, I was I was selfish. When you're young, you just you're trying to win. You know, because you mm-hmm. think it's about. You think it's about winning, and everyone around you. You look at them as pieces to help you win when you start off, and that's how. But then that evolves, right? And then, and then over the last ten years, I saw everybody around me as how how can I help them be better? Because if everybody around me is winning, I'm going to win. And so you you evolve and you make that change. And I had to go through my growing pains as a you know egotistical young delusional basketball player into a coach, which most, so many of us were. And uh, it was it was it was tough, but once you kind of figure it out a little bit, or once you figure out that you don't know anything, then you <laughs> still <laughs> start.
0: I was just talking about that with the UF with the UFO crowd uh, yeah. that are trying to tell. We have guys that have developed video games that yeah. are trying to tell Navy F A eighteen Super Hornet pilots that in those videos that you've seen, if you guys haven't seen those videos of them filming, they happen off the coast of San Diego, that that they don't know what they're looking at. I know, yeah, these guys have thousands of hours of expertise. I've I've been through military flight school. I've got like 4,000 hours, and I couldn't hope to know what these guys know about air-to-air identification of something that is an aircraft and something that is most certainly not an aircraft. But a video game guy who develops video game can tell a Top Gun pilot, you don't know what you're looking at, pal.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. uh, let's yeah. move along. I want to do a speed round here with you, Rob. You ready for a speed round? I'm ready. Um, okay. man, I'm
2: ready. Let's go. G-
0: okay. Give us an update on the guys, uh, from last season and how they're doing in their current programs.
2: Okay. I, um, uh, I've seen most of them mm-hmm. in the last week cause they came by the gym and I also keep in contact with, with, with all of them, especially throughout the pandemic. Uh, because, Keeping in contact with something different. It was really like you—you you almost kept in contact more because of texting and this or, or those things rather than than seeing them. But Deshaun Heiler went to Sacramento State and did incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their better players, he immediately stepped in and took a leadership role because that's what he's capable of of doing, and he's just tough as nails. You know, he's a—he's a tough kid, but he's doing well. He stays up in—he stays up in Sacramento. He came down for a couple weeks. To, to visit some family, and he came in the gym and worked out. He's bigger, he's stronger. He's going to have a really good two years up at Sacramento State. Uh, Malik is at Central Michigan. Uh, Malik Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, he had a really good year as well. Um, he he led the team in block shots. He was their best post defender. He started most games. Uh, he did really well. Uh, he put his name in the transfer portal yesterday. We have no idea why, uh, but uh, I mean it's. But hasn't everybody? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, a, right. Yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, my son doesn't even play D one basketball, and he put his name in the portal. (laughs) Okay. So everybody, every everybody's in the portal, but he went in and and he he's only been in a day, and like we've gotten five calls. (laughs) Six nine block shots, rebounds. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's gotten like five calls. We got five calls today. (laughs) Coach Hunter, he was on the phone like the entire workout today because like people were calling and like, okay, we'll take him. So he he uh, we're hoping he goes back because um i mean if the situation is bad for a kid you want them to get out absolutely Uh, but but there's something too. like if you're playing if you're not playing i almost get it i do right but if you start and you play and your team is solid then that's i think that's something you knuckle up and you make your team better you'll get found you'll get found you make you make your team better like where you be the difference between winning and losing where you're at you know like better you know so uh he's but he's 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 doing well kj allen um he was going to usc uh us usc uh i like usc but they didn't do what they didn't do the things that they needed to do to be able to help kj to get into usc Mm -hmm. so uh he he would he still would have got into usc but it was harder than it had to be and with kj allen the moment you know the moment that gets out there because he's an incredible Mm -hmm. specimen of a basketball player. Mm -hmm. All right. That's he's the kid is, and he's a better person than he is Mm -hmm. a basketball player, which makes him like, you know, you have to have him on your squad. And, and as soon as those rumblings came out, every conference in America was, was, was at our doorstep. Anyway, he ended up switching up and he went to Texas tech. Um, so he, he's at Texas tech. He has signed, he's already started. He started Tuesday. He is there, living in a dome. Wow. He is in there. Lubbock. He is in te- he is at Texas Tech, um, and he's gonna. He's, he's he got a little out of shape during the during the pandemic, like like all of us. But when he came in the gym, what that just meant is that he was dunking on you for 15 or 20 minutes instead of an hour. So he, <laughs> just, has to, he just has to he just has to get himself in, in shape. And we're so. We're so proud and excited for 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 KJ and uh and what he's going to do in the in the Big Twelve.
0: I, uh, wait, so Coach, I I heard Laurie Laughlin knows someone that could help him get into USC. Oh God, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sorry. That was cold, man. That was
2: cold. Hey, hey. That, hey, when that when that came out, when that I remember when that came out. I need to have
0: I, my. I need to have. My, I'm
2: sorry I've been that. at a. I've been at a college prep. I coached at a college prep high school right for 20 years. Yeah. And so. When that came out and people were like, well, she did that. And I was like, "Well, yeah, that's what, how else you think these people get into Harvard or whatever. I've I've seen families and stuff do crazy stuff to get into school. (laughs) Apparently so. Yeah, Yeah. uh, apparently so. it's like Division One, like you're like, Oh my gosh, they gave DeAndre Aiden a hundred thousand. Like, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> you of course. Give, like, like yeah, him a million. What do you, you think he went there? He went there for free, you know? He, you got national, national JCs that'll pay five to ten grand. What do you think what do you think DeAndre Aiden's worth or my, or a my top five pick?
0: My brother Joe Hampton, was he able to keep
2: his temper oh, man, brother, in check down at Long Beach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well well, Joe is interesting because um Joe, the worst Joe was ever going to be was what you guys saw because of what happened before and what he had to go through. And, and a lot of things with Joe Hampton that we guys didn't see um, were really affecting him because he had a lot going on. Of yeah. course he had the court thing where if he, I mean, I was hanging over his head the whole time. That's why we knew he was never going to quit um, because if he did, he was going to do three to five years, like just like that. Right. The, the judge said, "If you don't graduate, you don't play. You're going. To, you're going to prison." And so, Joe, um, we we knew we had Joe's attention, but there were other things going on in his life that were really affecting him. And um, throughout the season, they were just—I mean, it just coming in waves at him. And you you put that on top of him just trying to get back to being a basketball player. He was out two years with two ACLs. Yeah. And so high school
0: yeah. and then at Penn State.
2: Yeah, so he, both his ACLs have been torn and he hadn't played basketball organized for two years. So it was a transition, you know, for him as as well. And everybody just saw him acting out. Um, But if you kind of knew what was happening before practice that day or the previous 24 hours, like it's no excuse because we're trying to teach the kids how to deal with adversity. You know, that's what basketball does. But um, you almost had to give him a pass. You still got to come at him at practice, right? But, but you're almost like, well, I, I could see where that, I could see where that happened today. And, and coach Mo never gave him, coach Mo never gave him a pass. He was frustrated. Cause Joe was like, he was literally on the third string, like the entire year and because of those outbursts or because his of this mm-hmm. practice or whatever. Uh, but that's a lot for a kid. I mean, there was, I, there was, there was a day just to put it like, you know, bring the macro to a micro, there was a day where we were in the office and like bill self called to talk about joe hampton right like joe hampton's there and they go, okay we only got one year but we might need one guy to get us over the top because a lot of people were exiting kansas at the time and it was late right it was it was it's like february and he knew some people were going to leave and he's like we might need like a one-year fixed guy so Mm -hmm. so we're in there talking to joe hampton about well possibly you know kansas could be a possibility but there was other schools that were really good that were that were in that that same conversation and talking and, but he's taught that's the conversation we're having at 230 then at 315 he's on the third string playing with guys who can't get the ball across half court in a, in a drill and so that kind of boiled you know that that's tough for a kid to be like Kansas one moment you know and then do, then you're the third string on a on a JC team and the coach is yelling at you you know the the next and and so that's he had a lot he had a lot going on but hey we were, we knew when the season was over that Joe was going to be straight he's like, such an intelligent
0: that, young man he's very oh, thoughtful and
2: and, and yeah. like off the court the most incredible kid right the absolute and yeah. that's what made that's what made it all work because like if he was like that off the court or in the locker room then it probably would have went in a different direction but he was the most likable guy on the team everybody loved Joe on the team and then and if and if he came into your office you couldn't help but love him. I mean, right. he was, he was, he, was, he, was, he is smart. He's—he he's funny. Uh, he'll give you the shirt off his back. Like if, if he only has two bucks to his name, he, he would ask you. He, he'd, he'd be like, "Hey, coach, you want a soda?" Like, like and he knows he only has two bucks. You know, he's—he's he's a great dude. And and he didn't have—he, I mean, his knees kind of acted up at Long Beach State, but he had a great year. He was—he was. If he didn't—if he's not in foul trouble, he'd have been their leading scorer. He'd have been all Big West.
0: I saw the stats. I I looked at a stat line and they look good to it. Oh, he, and that's like and that and, yep. and the
2: most important stat you're looking at. He plays like what 18 minutes.
0: Yeah, he and didn't he get starts of playing time. Yeah,
2: and he but he starts and it's because he can't. He, the, the fool just fouls everybody because his knees don't work. Can't slide his feet. So he's always he'll he'll slide like two slides. His legs break down. And then he just starts fouling. And so it's a uh, he he had a great year. We saw him the other day. He's down to 225 pounds. Wow. I mean, to put that in perspective, he was 300 the first time I saw him.
0: Wow. Uh, and and what? how tall? He's 6'8"?
2: He's 6'8". Wow. He's 6'8". Joe's a legit 6'8". And he was 6'8", ta- six six wow. jo, 300 pounds, and was very skilled when I saw him. And I saw him last Thursday. He was 225 pounds. He was cut up. He was quick as he's ever been. Um, talking as much trash as ever. <laughs> I'm a hooper. So yeah, I love it, man. Uh, Joe, I Joe can match anybody. Can back it up, you know. But it's uh Joe, Joe did really well. We're very proud of him at Long Beach State, and um, we're looking forward to him just getting his knees and his health right, and really showing the Big West what what he can do next year.
0: Yeah, awesome. I mean, if he got stem cells and PRP or something in his knees, who knows? That could be the thing he needs to get over the hump. So, oh, Joe, Joe's the yeah. type
2: of dude. I I don't know if Joe, I don't know if he's athletic enough to play in the association. He's no. skilled enough, but and i don't know if he's athletic enough but joe if he just if he wants to and he keeps his head on straight joe will collect a check till he's 40 years old playing basketball
0: yeah they said the same thing about adrian dantley i'm just kidding
2: oh oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) they move uh, move at about the same
0: pace all right i have one more question in the speed round and then i want to take a quick break and then i just want to go around the association with you guys to close out is that okay all right, sure. last question I want to ask, and I, I think Coach probably will like this question. I was very moved that you guys were able to get up the funding and have the idea to take the kids up into the mountains and and do that trip. And it's something so simple, and it's only like overnight. And, and then you had the idea that I have this much meat. I have this many mouths to feed. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make soft tacos and I'm going to make this food spread a lot further. <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly. which was brilliant. Tell me what would you say about what did we not see in about that event, about that, that trip you guys went on? What, the, uh, what did we not see?
2: The The, well, the trick, the trip, the trip was, was very successful in the sense that um, they got to see coach at in a different light a little bit because he's so hard on them. And, and coach let his guard down a little bit for that day. And that really set the foundation for the next four weeks for us. And so it was, it was successful in that. What you guys didn't, what you guys didn't quite see because the cameras, I mean, the cameras were, they were up there with us, but they weren't like there, like at all moments, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, uh, there was conversations. There was, there was conversations throughout, whether that be me talking to a small group or coach Mosley outside, walking, talking, talking to guys where where it was more like, Hey coach, this wasn't what I expected. Like I, you know, I, I thought I might be playing more. I thought this, I thought this was going to be this, but it's not that. And I think what, what we didn't see is it was almost like, it was like a reset for the, for, for reality, that whole thing. And so when we came back down off of that mountain, like kids were like, okay this wasn't what I thought it was gonna be, but this is what, this is what it is. Like they didn't know, they didn't quite realize it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't know what you're signing up for when you play college basketball, you really don't. Heck I didn't in 1991, I had no clue. I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was just gonna be like the recruiting trips you went on. I had no idea, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was something different. So it, once they kind of figured that out and that's kind of on that trip, I think it, it, it allowed us to hit the reset button. And then guys were like, kind of like the stress came off mm-hmm. because, because so many guys at our level think like points and rebounds equate to scholarship. And that's not the case. Like right. what what I've learned in the three years at JC is basketball that equates to division one or scholarship basketball. That's what gets like recruited. Like we have guys on our team averaging five points a game that got division one scholarships, averaging 15 points a game. Whereas wow. we're playing guys on teams that are getting 25 a game that are going to the NAIA level and scoring five points a game because the inverse way the way they play doesn't translate to scholarship basketball and so once you get we kind of got the kids to be like okay this is what college ball is and if you can do well in what we do you're going to do well in what's next because because they because all they see is well i didn't score 20 points you know I, i i i didn't i'm not getting the numbers Whereas all you gotta do is you gotta be efficient at a high level against high level competition. And and then a coach will look at that and be like, well, shoot that bucket that you're getting, that's the same buckets that we're getting, you know, instead of we're playing, you know, you're playing a team or we played a team from Antelope Valley and they had these two guards that, hit so many step back threes against us. It was the craziest thing I'd ever This team had 18 threes against us. It was, it was one of the wildest nights and we still won by like 17, but yeah. They, they yeah they had they 18 threes against us and they were the most incredible shots. And I remember after the game, our point guard, LJ, who's at Chicago state, who's mm-hmm. doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at Chicago state. He goes, yeah, coach, I could do do do. And I'm like, man, I was like, oh, go home tonight and turn on, turn on the big 12 and see if anybody's taking those shots like nobody. But you know, when you came off that DHO tonight, when you came off that DHO and you faked that down low and then went up and hit that jump shot, okay, everybody in Division 1 basketball is running that. And mm-hmm. if you can hit that even though you're only doing it twice a game, that means way more than those 10 step backs that that other dude got. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by they don't quite understand like what college basketball is and and with that trip, I think we were able to hit the reset and everybody was like, "Okay, this is This is is what College Hoops is, and this is how we're going to be successful. And kind of a reality set in, and kind of the pressure came off us that that weekend.
0: All right. We're going to take a a quick break, and when we come back with uh, Coach Tom Bell of State University of New York, assistant men's basketball coach at New Paul's, and the assistant men's basketball coach at East Los Angeles College, Rob Robinson, we'll be right back with you on Life, MMA, and the NBA. Hey guys, it's your boy, DJ San Marco. Just wanted to let you know, what you're about to hear is Coach Rob Robinson and Coach Tom Bell talking a little bit of sort of behind-the-scenes college basketball speak. And I just hit the record button. They didn't know I was recording. I did tell them after the fact. But it's really cool to hear the guys just kind of talk about the things that coaches would talk about behind the scenes. So enjoy a little bit of that.
1: This Coach? instead of this wide umbrella like oh this kid's great this kid's great now who can play
2: who can play for and who can play for coach john mosley that's what i'm thinking and then i'm having conversations with the kid to see like temperament i'm talking to his high school coach and usually jc don't have to do that you just be grabbing kids usually grabbing (laughs) right yeah we'll just take what you can get as long as they're good and then you'll figure it out and that's why jc is just so wild right? right but but now I'm talking to high school coaches like, hey, what, hey, what happens if you have you ever kicked him out of practice? How did he respond? I don't care if a kid ever gets kicked out of practice. I just want to know how they respond to it, you know? right? Um, so it's 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 been um,
1: awesome. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, not going for the best one. That that's yeah, you go for the right one. The right. Hey, go for the right. <laughs>
0: So, uh, welcome back to Life MMA in the NBA. I snuck that in on these guys because I they wanted win. to record coach talk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for me, we it's a re, yeah, it's a real treat as a guy who loves basketball to get to listen to two coaches talk. This is like seriously, guys. I I know it sounds trite. This is like really is a, is a huge treat for me to hear two guys talk basketball that actually know what they're talking about, unlike <laughs> myself. <laughs> Uh, who's nothing more than a blowhard uh, who loves the game as I told uh, Tom and I'll just tell uh, Coach Rob real quick I uh, only played I only did one sport in high school which was senior year I did wrestling and when I went to a JC I I saw something about open tryouts for football I had already planned I was going to try out I was running and doing (laughs) pushups and situps and I said hey can I try out he said did you play in high school I said sure I did so, uh, do you have any tape? No, I didn't bring any with me. Can you believe it? Well, show up for trials. So, basically, right. I played uh, at Dean Junior College in Franklin, Mass. And there was a point in the season when all the football players decided to play pickup basketball during, after practice as a thing. They shower, go yeah. eat, or and then show up at yeah. the gym. So, I started playing and absolutely fell in love with this game and could not get enough of it. And yeah and then when the when the guys weren't there i was going to the gym surreptitiously practicing my left hand shooting yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that was it i just fell in love with uh, nba and, and college basketball so so that's where i come to you guys you know uh, i've never even played i think i've played one organized game in my life and you, <laughs> you know what i tried to, it was in the in the air force you know they have squadron yeah, basketball yeah. and yeah. so i'll tell you the one play i made because This is the only thing I can tell you guys. I I literally have one thing to tell you guys. I I saw a play, a highlight on MSG Network where the rookie Mark Jackson. Oh,
2: okay. This is a while ago.
0: This is a guy. He was a rookie on the Knicks.
2: Straight out of Saint John's.
0: Straight out of Saint John's, and he's playing with Ewing. Very very exciting for Mark Jackson. And he goes from the left side baseline going to his right. So basically, the the underneath of the basket is where his left hand is. Yeah. So he drives toward the basket, and he turns and flips the ball behind his head to Ewing, baseline, who dunks it.
2: Yeah, right. That's
0: right. the play that I made. And they're like, oh, oh this guy's good. good. And I'm like, no, I'm not good. That was it. <laughs> that was the end. Yeah. That's
2: Dad, he, were, you, were you guys on the East Coast during that time, right? The Mark Jackson? Oh, thing. we
0: went to high school 36 miles from New York City. 36 um, miles north I, of New hey, York. In, in Patrick
2: 80, in the 80s it was it was it was so hard to watch the big east, right? You might be able to get a Monday night game on ESPN. It was so hard, but anytime you could get like you know Walter Berry and Willie Glass oh, and those guys on that team. Washington. Oh my god. Chris Mullin that whole that, that whole 19- thing was just so fascinating from like 82 to 89, 88. It was just fascination and we couldn't get enough of it, you know. It was uh yeah. it was so hard it was so hard to watch. I was, I was grew up in Kansas city. So you, they always had those off stations where you could watch the big eight. So I saw, you know, I always saw Oklahoma and Kansas and, and the likes, but man, I'd be like, man, how can I get eyes on Sherman Douglas? Uh, woo!
1: And Pearl like, Washington, was Washington. 19, 1985, my brother gets tickets to our senior year high school for, for me and Dave. We go down to Syracuse St. John's at the garden, regular season game. And uh, Ronnie Cycle, uh, yeah. girl yeah. Washington, yeah. Uh, Walter Berry, Bill Weddington. Chris Mullin—yeah, yeah. like you—they're like they're like eight pros on the court.
0: Yeah, they were all out there. It yeah. was unbelievable. I know, I know two names that Patrick Ewing doesn't want to hear. Who's that? Ed Pinckney Ed. <laughs> and Harold Jensen hitting all those open jumpers Ed. for Villanova. Ed. <laughs>
2: Ed King, oh my God! Dad, hey, hey, they played the they played the perfect game. I, I think they I did. was, a, I think I was, yeah. I was in sixth grade when that happened, and I was, I'm watching that game because you just follow like Georgetown's gonna win, right? They're just yes, gonna win. Of course,
0: yeah. It's it's They're set, just gonna oh. win, and
2: you're yeah. sitting there waiting, and you're waiting, and then the game's over, and you're like, hold up, they didn't win. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, not
0: like, not good, man. And I love has- Pat- Patrick. Forgive me, I love you. I'm a Knicks fan forever. Uh, that was the
2: big. That was even the, you know, the Big East Final Four. Like the whole Final Four yeah. was, was the Big East. Three, except, three out of the four, except Keith Lee and Memphis State.
0: Memphis
2: State. Yeah, except Keith. Look Lee. at you I, guys, I, I,
0: man. out for the coaches, man. I
1: can go all night with this. I know. Uh, yeah, I
2: love. Hey, I love Keith Lee. As a, it, I have his jersey. I have a Keith Lee jersey. What's up, man? Look at Coach. You guys are going
0: old school yeah. basketball on me. <laughs> so you know, oh, it was the greatest awesome time man. ever. It was. Yeah, that was, it was, was just amazing, phenomenal. Really um will. let me with you guys, let me go around the league. Okay. Um uh, and, and I wanna do these as as quick hitters, so I just wanna get your quick thoughts. And I'm gonna start out in the West and I just I brought a I'm gonna it's start yeah, it's with been. the
2: Lakers and Phoenix. <laughs> Game's
0: I, starting soon. I just need a
1: moment
2: <laughs> What a it's uh Okay. It's, I'm okay.
0: Alright. Um okay Coach Bell, Lakers and Phoenix, where are we? Who um who do they need to put in the lineup to, to play against Phoenix? And am I a total idiot that I want
1: THT on the floor more? Uh, he's gotta play, but I, I, I tell you what, man, until LeBron's knocked out, I, I I see him winning two in a row. I really do. I, I What? I, I don't know if Davis is, is playing tonight or not, I'm but free. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like I just seen LeBron do so many things. I, I, I me personally, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Suns win. I like a little different teams now from time to time, but I don't know. I, I'm actually gonna stay up tonight and watch it because I'm I'm enthralled by like what's going on. But I, I think LeBron's gonna go nuts tonight. I really do.
2: Well, well, he's gonna have to. That's
0: exactly, exactly. I think he knows it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you have the back
2: Lakers back winning, to. Coach Rob. Well, um, I'm not that optimistic about the Lakers. <laughs> Running. I've um, I, I probably watched a piece of 90% of their games because you know, at, when it's 8:30 at night here, I, I that's it. It's the Lakers, the Lakers are the only thing on. That's when you get time to watch anything. Mm-hmm. Although I can watch my Dodgers now too once the start started. They're on 8:30 mm-hmm. at night. But the um, I'm not I'm not that optimistic because they just seem so discombobulated when Anthony Davis doesn't play, man. And they just it just nothing looks right on the floor. That being said, like. If LeBron puts on his hard hat and gets to the free throw line 12 to 15 times, they can win the game. You know, but but if he if he's shooting step backs and and getting to the paint and then fading away, and I, I don't, I, mean, I, don't I, I, I don't
0: know. I'm I'm I kind of feel like uh, Coach Rob. I I'm going to tell you guys as an amateur. I was telling my colleagues at work around the water cooler, so to speak. I don't like three and D basketball and I like having multi-tool players on the floor because it gives LeBron options. If I give the ball to like a KCP, he's not been driving at all. So you either, he's gonna shoot a three, hit it and miss it, or that's it. But if I have at least a THT there, he might drive, he might stop, he might pop, he might shoot a three and miss, but he also might drive to the hoop and get fouled. So I have a couple of different things that can happen but I don't like when there's a lot of guys on the floor that can only do one thing.
2: Yeah. We're, we're, we're totally dependent tonight on making the three totally. And if we, if the Lakers, if Kuzma doesn't hit like three out of six, KCP doesn't hit, you know, two out of five, three out of five, like they're going to have to have that type to score over a hundred points the way they're going. They, 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 really been struggling. Uh, it just doesn't look right without, without Davis out there. And I'm, I, I man i don't it's 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 been frustrating it's been frustrating but you also understand i mean that's the association when guys go down especially with, with the leg i'm gonna
0: lend my handkerchief to coach rob actually because you, to, you need to give that to him.
2: or or <laughs> hey or maybe if the point guard scores one point tonight oh can't. yeah i know yeah he
0: went he went <laughs> like scoreless this. the other night i'm like come like, on
2: this dude wants 20 million a year. He didn't score a point. Like, I, <laughs> I hope he gets his money. I hope everybody gets their money. But I'm like, man, if we're going to spend 20 million, let, let's, uh, Take let's to, to score more than one point. In
0: Schroeder, Schroeder, I'll see you in Bavaria. We'll have a beer, you know. Is, but come on. Uh, we'll go skiing together. All right. So let's go to Portland versus Denver. Uh, obviously, Jokic having a great series. You have to think. That if Jamal Murray were in the mix along with uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, that they would have a lot. Uh, they would have even more to say. They might have even swept this series. What
1: do you think happens in this next game? I'm going Denver. I, 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 I think they're playing really well together. I, I like Denver. I
2: like. Um, I for sure like Denver uh, because you, Damian Lillard. Name has to be one of the top players in the history of basketball just to get it to overtime mm-hmm. like not, not, not much like the best in the league I mean like like or <laughs> he has to be that good just to lose by five so he has to do that every night and that's over the course of seven games no chance yeah, they're not they're not gonna do that and uh, and those players you just talked about I, I thought this was Denver's year that those guys would have played
0: I and and see. if Jeremy Grant didn't go to Detroit, but you know, all love to Jeremy Grant because he he said he took on the pressure of being the number one player there, and he actually played pretty pretty well. Yeah, the
2: uh, yeah I thought I thought because uh, Jamal Murray and Booker are two in the same almost, like how from a how how they how they go, mm-hmm. and Porter was Porter Porter's the type of kid that. Like every year, you're gonna see exponential jumps because he's, he's that. I think he's that. If he's healthy, like he's gonna be that talented, and so uh, that that really hurt them and brought them down to down to earth.
0: They say he's untouchable. They say that the GM won't even take any calls about oh. Michael
2: Porter Jr. So oh, I could, I could, I could see it. I think he's yeah. uh, if if he if he can develop a, a little bit, if he if he does the opposite of what Blake Griffith tried to do. Then <laughs> I think he could be like an incredible yeah. player, incredible. Because Blake Griffin went, he was that, that fool. He doesn't, he ain't going around anybody anymore. Like he no. stay, he he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be close to anybody playing basketball ever again.
0: But if he's really smart, I mean, he could. If he's really smart, he could take on, do like what Dwight Howard did, and rejuvenate his career with a different skill set.
2: You know oh yeah 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 he I mean he could he's gonna have to get a little bit more physical mm-hmm. he's gonna have to be like on a little bit more of a of a slowdown type of team like he needs to play for the Mavericks you know what I mean yeah. like if he played for the Mavericks where he just can be shooting that three and get a rebound that that'll be gotta be I, well, I, I saw I saw Blake drill out. here before. We're we're about to get into that
0: because uh, Clippers versus Dallas, and I don't know Tom. Does this guy Kristaps Porzingis look anything like the guy that we all nearly cried over when he left the Knicks? No, no. Where um, is that
1: guy? I just listened to a podcast today. Uh, can't remember who it was, but they were talking about him and how he's not the number two guy in that team. And no, you know, he, no, he's not even close. And, no. It's amazing, you know, when he when he left New York, a lot of people were upset, you know, well we traded away the future and everything and gave it away and but uh no he hasn't been he hasn't been what he's supposed to be. I sold
2: that stock at the right time. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Bro. Yeah. They I was so surprised. Right yeah, time. no,
1: absolutely. But yeah. uh what a weird series, like road teams won every game. Um, I don't know, man. It, I, I can't figure this series out, but I like I hate- Luca can you put your okay? Yeah, I mean, I, he's probably the best player
0: in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Could, could you put your money on a team though, where it's basically like one guy, and as as nutty as the Clippers are, uh, that they actually have, you know, a rotation of guys that can do different things and yeah. and score the ball. Could you could you pick Dallas to win this?
2: I do. I think <laughs> I think Dallas. No, I think Dallas wins. Okay. Last
1: night. They they said on they said on this podcast I was listening to they only had two guys in double figures last night and they won. Yeah, Luka that's is incredible. Out. It's you know, right. that, has that ever happened ever? That's what Luke. LeBron used to do. That that was like the Cavs. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna go with Luca. Okay. Yeah, I'm
2: going. I'm going with him because the the only chance they had is when he when he needed somebody to massage his neck for a half. And that's, <laughs> that's if, 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 if that doesn't happen, this might have already been over. <laughs> Uh, today we were talking, me and Coach Mo were in the office talking about Luka. And I, as I was saying, I don't know if I've ever in my lifetime seen somebody jog around and get 42 points. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: like the guy is absolutely, hes his spatial awareness in basketball and his pace is something I don't think. It's like, I, I think Larry was kind of like that, like Bird kind of played at that pace and, and could shoot the ball at an angle where yep. he didn't have to get over you, you but know? he
0: was quick but but he was quick he would explode
2: he, he wasn't fast but he was quick right yeah and 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 Luca like you, you you can see he has another gear it's not like he doesn't have the gear to just like blow by you but he just doesn't he doesn't have to like he you're so scared of what he's gonna do with all his tools and his bags of tricks that he anybody who guards him is off balance and then he can score off balance as well. He just like fades night, off I, of you, right? Yeah, just I, was, kinda... hey, I was in awe last night just watching him just dribble the ball around and bounce off people and just score continuously and continuously. And if that fool steps back going left, that's it. It's going in. Like hey, He literally just throws it in the ocean. That's what it looks like.
0: <laughs> and, so and and so so are you saying he can get over the hump even though Kawhi is supposed to be better than LeBron James, no. right? <laughs> nah they
2: uh yeah yeah the mavs i think the mavs i think the mavs win i think the mavs can win the west i
0: do is, is that who's representing that insane, go ahead
1: tom no i was gonna say that, that uh, i said to my son the other day i said could the mavs win the nba championship and he's like well he goes i don't think they'll get out of the west dad and i'm like I-, I think they could
2: i think i really if he's healthy if luke is healthy i look at the i look at the matchups and you look at it and I really believe that Dallas, that Dallas can beat everybody. They can beat all of them in a seven-game series. Well, I, I,
0: I would agree I, with you guys if Porzingis decided that when he's jogging down the baseline that he should actually post and raise his arms <laughs> and, like, call for the basketball. Like, if I yeah. saw something like that happen, I, I'd feel pretty good about it.
2: Yeah, that so, fool's just shooting threes, man. That's, that's Dude, that's, what are doing, happening. man? Jeez. That's all. That's Hey, that's all he does. Be dunking I, the ball on people's head, man. Doing some 2LMB like, shit. I like. I love. I love the Mavs because it's like I, every time I watch the game, I'm like, who, who's this dude? He just hit five threes. Like, okay, like, like, like it's it's just kind of different. And as long as Luca's healthy, I think they can win any game they play. Unless maybe I don't think maybe Brooklyn because you got to score 140 to beat Brooklyn. Yeah, I that's, that's. I don't mean. think you score 140 to beat Brooklyn. All
0: right, so I I hear two 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 coaches here who have maybe Dallas coming out of the
2: West, which I think is is Unless crazy. AD, but... If AD was playing, it's a wrap. It really is. Like it's yeah. If if Anthony Davis is healthy and he's playing yeah. for the Lakers, I'm not saying they're the greatest team ever. I'm just saying you're not going to beat them four out of seven games.
0: Well, what That's... upsets me, Coach, is that I saw the other night I saw Chris Paul knock down Andre Drummond and you see Andre Drummond pop up right up off the floor and Mount Vernon's own Andre Drummond, man, right Tom? Yeah, yeah. What's up man, yeah. Westchester County, baby. Yeah. And then <laughs> when when AD goes down, I'm like, oh, oh my God. I, We're holding I, our breath. I, yeah, I don't know if he, he looks really hurt. Yeah. And that's the problem, you know, like,
2: the, the crazy thing about AD is like he'll be hurt and he'll be playing with an injury, and he doesn't re-aggravate that injury. He gets another injury somehow. Like right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's like he didn't return his ankle. You know, it's something else. I'm it's like, something. Yeah. yeah. What the heck? Like when like- I played. Dude. If I played, if my back was messed up, you reaggravated your back. You know, if your shoulder was messed up, you hurt your shoulder. His shoulder's messed up, and then it's his, something else, like his foot. And you're like, well, I thought it was your shoulder. Now his shoulder don't hurt no more. And then it's this. And it's,
0: Coach you know. Rob, can, can you have one of your guys at uh, Chicago State do some forensic work for us? And just, I want to ascertain if this guy actually played on the blacktop courts of Chicago. So
1: if you oh, could have man.
0: those guys do a little, put on the deer stalker cap, the pipe. Yeah, do fine. a little detective work and see if we can find out, is this, is AD really from Chicago? Did he really play on
2: these courts?
0: Hey, like hey, for more but, than a minute?
2: Hey, but if he plays though, boy, can that yeah. guy
0: play? Oh, he can, I love his game, man. He's amazing. I,
2: yeah, well, if he's aggressive, if he's getting to the free throw line, He's, uh, he's as good as anybody in the league. He's, he's as good as anybody in the league. If he's just shooting jumpers, then he's still one of the top 20 players. But but if he puts his head down and is really aggressive, I don't know how you guard him. Not with the guys who guard him. I don't know well, how you guard
0: him. Well, uh, as far as his fitness and conditioning is concerned, go visit my brother over in Milwaukee, Takumpo, and whatever the hell he's doing in the weight room, you yeah. do that. Yeah, whatever,
2: whatever. Yeah, whatever, however, they transformed him. Let's do that, David.
0: Do that. Okay. All right, let's move on to Philadelphia and Atlanta. They just, uh, Atlanta just dispatched my New York Knicks up. Tom, I just got to grab a. Yeah. All
2: right.
0: All right. I'm okay now. I think the Hawks are going to give the
2: Sixers
0: a hard time. I really do. Okay, so, well, if MB doesn't play.
1: Well, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. I'm going to tell you, Trey Young was unbelievable and the new york fans they wrote him and he responded to it and it's almost like little reggie miller like you yeah. know he, yeah, he, he, really, he really he really responded does. to it i i like trey young I, I i didn't love him but watching him play against the knicks he, he tore him up man 36 the other night I, I think the hawks are gonna be tough man but but if uh, coach bell
0: if you're doc are you not putting ben simmons on trey young Think you have to you have to and how to. how is he gonna how is he gonna do i mean obviously I to he's gonna have to time. fight your picks go ahead guys well that was the problem nicks
2: didn't have anybody to guard him yeah and I, I trey is if he if he can back you up obviously he'll he, one thing is he'll shoot it from anywhere so mm-hmm. the moment you retreat it's going up you know mm-hmm. it's like that that step curry thing that's very hard to guard and mm-hmm. simmons can stop that but i don't know i don't know i don't know who's going to switch on him on a pick like i mean these coaches are so good and You're they'll. Sure. yeah they, and so like trey will come off a pick and they'll have the right guy on trey coaches Dan, will figure danny out.
0: green's gonna end up on so. yeah
2: they'll they'll <laughs> figure they'll figure that out um i don't think the the hawks the hawks are not going to beat the sixers but i'm gonna tell you trey young is going to make it all entertaining mm-hmm. and and i wouldn't be surprised if he has two games where he takes another bow during that series when he uh when he does when he hits a dagger late that you didn't think that was going to i mean you look at it he's he's almost i mean he's almost dame like in what he what he's trying to do right right Mm now in the same way dame tries to get his team out of the west you know you you see a little bit of trey in that and in the east taking these shots and 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 pulling up uh with with Embiid, I really like the I really like the Sixers. Um, I, obviously, Embiid's strength and conditioning trainer is the same as AD. They have the same. Guy. <laughs> you both need to go hang out with <laughs> Yeah. They had the same guy. Like Embiid's hurt, and then he falls down. And he gets up, and it's another. You know, it's a different injury. <laughs> you're like, every oh time my he God. Gets up, <laughs> yeah. Every time he falls on the floor, you're like, season's over. Season's over for the Sixers. Uh, you, you forgot so, to yeah. mention
0: something about Trey Young. You you were remiss, Coach. His hair game is very underrated. When you oh. when you have a modern NBA player with a hair like uh, Ludwig von uh, Beethoven, I think that's <laughs> outstanding, and I love his hair game. And I I feel like we should be not only celebrating the fact that this man has no conscience about where he shoots a three, we should be celebrating his hair.
2: Yeah, yeah he's, he's a uh, yeah. I used to have hair like that. I'm not, like, <laughs> I, I, I am, but we're about the same. It. Hey, we're about the same complexion. We're both mixed. I used to have little hair just like that. I that was. I mean, it was eighty nine, but I remember it. I do remember it, dude. Yeah. If yeah. I had was, a trading card. Were
1: him. Trey is balding. They were they were chanting. Hell, yeah. man, they can shut up. That but guy's you know hair is
2: awesome. You know what I did? You know what was what was I think that was so important about that series, that Knicks Hawks series, is just how important New York is to basketball. Yeah, we we all we like you guys are in it and you're there, so you kind of know. But the rest of us around the country, we completely forget how much the game means to that city. Yeah, it's been a long time, coach. And and so the moment you got like a slither of hope, it was like the most incredible energy that I've seen on like I felt in basketball, in NBA basketball, in a very long time but that's how special New York can be if they're just competitive, you know? And so it was, I thought it was really cool that, that, that the Knicks reintroduced themselves Mm -hmm. to, to basketball because it's so important to, to the basketball community that New York's important.
1: Seems like they finally have the right leadership group in place and Dolan will get out of the way. And you know, the whole Phil Jackson thing was, I mean, I'm no basketball expert, but. Yes, you are. That, that that just didn't seem right because, you know, he wasn't healthy enough. It didn't seem like he was going to put the time in. And, uh, I mean, look at Porzingis. Luckily, we got rid of him in time. But Frank Nantikino, that can't get off the bench. Like, those were our two big yeah. picks with, with Phil. And, like, you know, that that really set the thing back a ways. I mean, they were – other than the one year with Mike Woodson and Carmelo, it, it's been bad here. Yeah. Bad. I, I, say, I long like,
2: for the days of Frederick Weiss. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the Knicks, man. They're, they're, it seems like with that momentum, they can add a piece each year and they need to, and they could be, they could be in the mix like two years from now. We could be talking about, they they could be doing what the Sixers are, are doing or be like a Milwaukee team. I mean, nobody's like Brooklyn because what they,
0: that's, what they
2: stacked is, is ridiculous. But the, uh, but all the other teams, I, I could see him on pace, Brad. I was very excited for New York.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that. I am proud of the the type of team that this was. Obviously, Julius did not play well in his first time. Uh, couldn't his make first a shot. He right. Could not
2: make, he couldn't make a shot, really. Like he could, even when he went to the hole strong, it didn't go in. I yeah.
0: Was, yeah it was, he the pressure of being the guy – You know, I think it's possible that if Jeremy Grant were in that position, he may have been two guys going to take over a team and for the first time having the weight of the franchise right there. And that, you know, the guy played great, also has great hair. Um, (laughs) So I, I, I think good things will happen next year. And I want to make a prediction for you two coaches right now. I predict that next season, Jimmy Butler comes back with a different hairstyle. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. Okay. Right, right, All right. right. It's put it in
2: the books, coach. Tell coach Mo. I thought,
0: I All thought right. you were
2: predicting that Devin Booker was going to end up in New York in the next 18 months. Oh
0: mm-hmm. my God. I, I think they're going to be very successful. Um, unfortunately, I think they will beat the Lakers. And when you look at it, you have, if well, it depends on the health of Chris Paul. And I think we're going to end up saying this yeah. in a number of different matchups right now, but if, when you have those three guys, I mean, I think that kind of slipped by my consciousness and a lot of other guys as well. And Book is hitting in traffic. He's off balance. He's kind of d- making shots similar to what Luca's making.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Um, He's a bucket. He, he, is a, he is a bucket. Like, at 24 feet to 2 feet. That kid's a bucket. And he yeah. uh, he can do it in a variety of ways. The other game, I think it was game one. of the, It was game one against the Lakers. And he had caught the ball on a break and he crossed over and he went to make a move and he jumped off the wrong foot and he dunked that basketball on that guy off the wrong foot. And that was one of those things, if you ever played, like you don't even mean to do that. You're just going with the flow of it. And Mm -hmm. for most of us, like like 99.9% of people on this planet, when you do that, okay, it's going to be a layup on an angle. And he just kept going up. And when he did that, like, the the announcers didn't really take notice, but if you know anything about hoops and players, like there's so many guys who can take off their strong foot and do that, you know, but to go off your, go off your, your weak foot and go that high and dunk and, and it becomes so easy and natural. Then you can see why when he goes right or left, how he's just explosive and can make those, those plays. He's, he's deceptively athletic to the point where he's going to be able to get that, that shot off at all levels. He's, he's tough.
0: I, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's my Gerald Wilkins, Tom. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, go. What a family. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. All right, so let's go to Milwaukee and Brooklyn, uh, guys. And uh, for me, um, I, uh, Tom, like, to me, I don't want to see a team that has three. I, I, I'm really happy that James is like taking on this point guard role. Let me just start out. I'll start out by saying this. You guys are basketball experts. I'm a water cooler guy. I could not have imagined that a position that people spend years, literally decades in some cases, perfecting the art of becoming a point guard, and here comes a guy out of the strip club. Yeah. Probably has a carryout bag in his hand. Yeah. From from the fried food there. Oh, overweight. He does.
2: Yeah, he's got... To eight. Brooklyn. And yeah, the he's dude... Got he's got what? Oh, he, oh yeah. When he leaves, he's he's got a bag full of wings and no more ones. He's got wings. He <laughs> he's got no
0: more singles on him. He started tipping with fives. And and this guy comes to Brooklyn and all of a sudden becomes an elite point guard and makes it look like it's nothing. He goes from premier scorer in the league to amazing
2: point guard. Has that happen? Well... Hey, uh you. Well, he, he's James, the LA kid. He went to uh, Artesia and Dominguez. Uh, he's an LA kid, so I I watched him in high school and I watched him in college. And if you watched him in those two settings, then you're not surprised okay. because he was very very fundamental with with his game. Like in high school, I mean, he was a scoring guard, but he didn't take any of the shots you see right now. When he was at Arizona State, he didn't take any of the shots that you saw in the NBA. He was just a great fundamental strong and he's lefty so they're impossible to guard if they're talented a lefty's almost impossible to guard and he just developed this game in the open space of the nba and he had the he had the talent but we i saw him do really fundamental things uh in high school and college to where i'm not surprised that he can run the point like that at all
0: i i'm i'm really shocked uh tom do you like the idea of having three superstars? Would you want to cap it at two, or are you like all on board with what we're seeing in Brooklyn? Um,
1: I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't like how they did it, <laughs> like, like you know how Harden got himself out of Houston mm-hmm. and all that. I'm all for player empowerment and stuff, but I don't know. Like, they, You hear a lot of the talk, super teams. There's always been really dominant NBA teams, right? It's just how they're being made now. They're being made right. now by players instead of by GMs, right? which is fine, right? Which which is fine. I have no problem with that. I just have a hard time rooting for it. Um, and you know, Brooklyn, like what what was going on with the Knicks, like this really is a Nick town mm-hmm. like,
2: Brooklyn,
1: They can bring these guys in, but it's this is a Nick town, and I, I don't know, man. I, I I respect those guys and everything, but it's hard to root for the Nets for me. They-
2: they are entertaining i i could care less if they win or lose but right. they entertaining as heck uh yeah. to to watch uh there isn't the same feeling brooklyn is the clippers oh, matter exactly. they don't no matter what they do they're mm-hmm. going to be they're going to be the clippers like they they got a game uh like what was it oh the, the other the other like last night like mm-hmm. you can go down there mm-hmm. and get a ticket for 50
1: bucks Right.
2: You know what i mean like that'll never happen at a laker or probably a nick game never like where you go down there the day of the playoffs and dudes are like oh yeah here i i got three for fit i got three for 50 each you can get in that's laker game is it's 400
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it will be interesting if they get to the finals which i think they will but it will be interesting to see how the city embraces them yeah once like they're that deep but like right now it's just
2: uh... so you guys don't like
1: these matchups for milwaukee is what I'm hearing,
0: even though you're not saying it
2: yet. Oh no! Hey, you know, I think I think Milwaukee's the only team that can beat them. I I, I think Milwaukee's the only team that can beat. Um, I think the only team that can beat uh, Brooklyn because I think Milwaukee has enough has enough size and talent and can get to 130 points every game. Uh, every every game they get to 100. Because with the Brooklyn, it seems like it's just it's not matter of how you play. You're going to have to score 130 points to beat them. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. Like, you know, as much as your boy over at the Knicks is just going to hold the ball the whole game and try not to – and keep the possessions low mm-hmm. and coach his team up and grind it out, he couldn't they're, – they're still going to score 120-plus against him because they're just so that – they're that talented, you know, offensively. So, I think Milwaukee – Milwaukee will average over 120, 225 points a game in this series, which gives them a chance to to win. All you need is – All you need is one night where they're off just a little bit and you can, you can get that, you can get that game. And let's, let's be true. Hey, and let's be honest here. Like, like Brooklyn might be, no Brooklyn is the worst defensive team in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the worst defensive team in the playoffs. Even if they're good as a team, they're not good individually and they don't even try. Like they, they, I'm watching. (laughs) They don't even, they don't even try. They don't even lock in. They don't get in stance. They, they don't have a, they don't have an intensity on a possession. Like they just, they jog around on D they go get a rebound and then they go get a bucket. And so Milwaukee comes at you. Milwaukee, them dudes come at you. Hey, the, the, the PG, the, the kid from Campbell high out here, Campbell hall. Mm-hmm. Hey, that kid comes mm-hmm. at you. Big man's coming at you. Uh, Middleton will come at you from a two point standpoint. They're, uh, they're true uh, holiday. Uh, Drew holiday. Oh yeah. All the holidays. They all went yeah. to Campbell hall. Right. That, that, that family's ridiculous. They, uh, there, uh, which yeah, just there's so much talent in LA. It's crazy.
1: Like,
2: Tom, it's, it... Tom, do you think if Kyrie
0: runs out of sage and he's not able to circle the court, burning sage, is that going to have an effect on this matchup?
1: <laughs> yeah, Kyrie, God
0: bless him, man. <laughs> I'm a yoga teacher, guys. So, and <laughs> I think it's weird <laughs> when you mix. I don't mix like sports and <laughs> yoga. Like yoga is the thing, yeah. you know. But when you get into an arena with a bunch of Guy, it's like Cam Newton dressing like Mary Poppins. I told guys, I'm again. I'm a yoga teacher. I mean, it's hard to get less masculine than that. But you know, in my off time, obviously I'm a yoga teacher. But I would not walk into a locker room looking like uh, Mary Poppins, and I probably wouldn't bring a sage stick that we would use at the yoga studio and go around the court in Boston Garden with it.
2: I don't. Kyrie is. uh, He. I mean, he's he's well. He's. He's well on his way to taking some sort of Bill Walton form going oh, forward. Yeah. <laughs> I just,
0: I mean, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Bill, man. You don't, don't have any tie dyes? Come on, I Rob. Love, I'll send you a tie dye. Hey,
2: hey, I love Bill. Okay. But but over the last twenty years, if you listen to him, you're like, My gosh, Bill. You know, but and you could see Kyrie ten years from now oh, saying yeah. the craziest stuff like like Bill be saying, man. Yeah, he
0: is, he's wild, man. But I, I the matchups <laughs> the matchups are interesting and i don't know if anybody can hold kyrie when he's right and with mm-hmm. him now just focusing on scoring and mm-hmm. getting the ball from um getting the ball from james um uh, that could
2: spell that could be very very interesting for, oh that uh, that team there is oh man and crazy. you have the greatest you have you have the best bucket getter on the planet in oh Durant. Yeah. kd it, man it, it, the dude is uh he plays a different game than everybody he he plays a different his release point is 10 feet in the air he just plays a different game like if like the, my my own kids on our team i was like if i could lower the basket to eight feet and you shot around that's what kate that's how KD plays basketball yeah.
1: that's
2: that's how he <laughs> sees the rim
1: place,
2: man. that's how he sees the rim and so he he's just throwing it in the rim that's he just it's just a different game that he he plays and Nobody can play. He's he's special offense. I've
0: never seen anybody like that guy. Yeah, I, Ralph Sampson could have been KD in uh, the eighties if they knew what to do with him.
2: And he got
1: hurt a lot.
0: I he got hurt a lot, but yeah, I mean, Ralph was my guy. Ralph but, was my guy. But what he's if what be. if they would have let Ralph be Ralph? Yeah. Yeah, but, he, he but, wasn't as good as a ball handler as as um, Durant though. But it was the era, right?
2: The era wouldn't allow him to handle the ball. Yeah. Well, well, the most well, the most interesting thing about that is like, what's up with Virginia going to the Final Four the moment he left? Like, like that was that was
1: Olden Polonese.
2: Fan. I was, yeah. Olden Polonese, nephew. Fan. Hey, Olden Polonese's nephew played on our team. He was on yeah. that Eli team. Oh yeah,
1: he was. Uh, yeah, I Jordan just Polonese. saw him.
2: Light skinned dude, right? Jordan Polonese. Yeah, Jordan Polonese. Yeah, Jordan Polonese.
1: yeah. yeah. yeah All Hollow yeah. High School
2: in uh, New York City. Yeah, Olden Polley, he's not doing well at all, guys. He's not doing well. No. He's not? Not, not? No, not at all. He not. was on
0: radio, not that. He was on Fox Sports. So I don't know what the hell
2: happened to him. He, he's, not, he's not doing too, that's he's, not, that's he's, terrible, not doing too well. That's terrible. But that was, that's always the thing when I think of Ralph Sampson. Is like, yeah. Like, they had the greatest player maybe of the 80s and on their team, and then yep. he left, and then Virginia's in the Final Four, balling for a champion.
1: I was a big Virginia fan in those days, Coach. Uh,
2: I have a Ralph Sampson jersey as well.
1: I, I have, knew all those guys. Coach, yeah, the same I,
0: thing I, happened with Peyton Manning when he left Tennessee and I blame yeah, I bl- I blame Philip Fulmer because cool. I, you had two running backs get drafted in the first round both by ended up in Baltimore, great running backs and they never ran. They had a they they, they just threw the ball all the time. They never ran and uh, I think they had a shit offense. So Personally, (laughs) I blame Phil Fulmer for them not winning. I don't blame Peyton Manning, because I know he's capable of winning a championship. Oh, yeah. But you have to have a staff and a system that works.
2: Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, you can't Peyton couldn't beat Florida. He wasn't, wasn't going to happen. He I, beat, it, they, they, if
0: they would run the ball; it would have helped <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> when they he don't was,
0: just tee off on this dude with all their athletes. <laughs>
2: like yeah,
0: but I can't remember the names of those running backs. But they had two amazing running backs. Both well, of Jamal
2: them. Jamal was one of them.
0: Jamal, yeah, Jamal. What? Jamal. Um,
2: uh, you know who I'm talking? Yes, and the well, other yeah, Jamal one, was one of them for for the yeah. He and was Jay Graham first. was the fullback.
0: Yeah, Both yeah, of yeah, them.
2: Jamal, yeah, Jamal was tough. Right? He played he in was, the Super Bowl
0: against the Giants. So. Yeah. It was tough. Uh but anyway, all right, so last question guys and we're going to get out of here. Um and I'm going to finish with last chance you and just sure. ask you um would we be as compelled by the figures that you have on the team now if they were filming as we were two seasons uh, ago last year? The,
2: um uh yeah, we we've had we got some characters on this team. <laughs> they they're not um They're not, well, we don't, we don't have a Joe or Deshaun, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but the stories that we have are, we got, we got high, high major division one guys on our team right now. Um, top 100 guys coming out of high school, um, and stuff went drastically wrong. Like that's why they're in East LA with no scholarship. And so those stories will res those stories will resonate and, um, uh, I don't know if it'll be, I don't know if it'll be as the basketball will be more compelling, I, I believe, as I think the focus kind of, kind of shifts maybe a little bit to whether or not we could do it or not, because we're, we're trying to, we're trying to win, we're trying to win a championship, but the players, you know, if, if, if if they dive into them, oh, just, I mean, they, these, <laughs> these kids got issues, man. They're great kids, but oh my gosh, do they have issues.
0: And your, yeah. your message to the production staff of last chance you, cause they posted where should last chance you go next or what sport I said, basketball again. Why are you even asking
2: this oh, question? Yeah. That oh, yeah. well, That's they, a they, rhetorical question, right? Every, everybody, everybody wants to do it, you know, and they're, and there's a lot of excitement to do it. But with these things, like everybody wants to, they make it way harder now because everybody wants a piece of this. So it's just, it's just tougher. It's just, you know. Just, well, tough. I'll
0: tell you what, um, Rob, please, uh, once again, oh, wait, I'm going to take you guys out to some reggae. I want to just make sure you can hear us. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm not the only one here that likes reggae. Otherwise, I'm going to get the tissues out again. All right. Delroy Wilson, man. Better must come, man. And that's what I'm saying for all the guys in junior college, man. If you work hard and you listen to your coaches, better must come, man.
2: Listen to coach. Listen to...
0: (laughs) All right. Just, <laughs> just, Thank just you.
2: Throw a, just throw a chess pass in life and you'll make it. Just, there <laughs> you
0: me. go. Coach Tom Bell, assistant men's basketball coach at SUNY New Paul's, and my classmate from Hendrick Hudson High School, class of 1985. Thank you so much, brother. My pleasure being hey, It's awesome. we hey, hey, meet you, Tom. God bless you. All right and it was so good to meet you we have uh, coach Rob Robinson of East Los Angeles College assistant coach getting into all kinds of stuff and all kinds of business to yeah. make that program go and i think all of us that uh, are basketball fans are just so proud of what you and your guys are are you and Coach and Ken as well are doing out there. Thank you so much for helping it. all those kids. That hey, that's man. what makes me feel good. Okay, I,
2: we we appreciate. I I can't thank you enough for the love and support and a hey, next. Hit me up, and if, if they come back, we'll do a show during the season. Dude, I, the
0: I want to have you on. If they never come back, I still want to have you on to talk <laughs> basketball again. Oh, I want okay. to have this group on, so, okay?
2: Yeah, we'll chop it up Great. basketball-wise. But, hey, I get, any, anytime, guys, I'll let you in on East L.A., anytime.
0: All right, for Rob Robinson and Tom Bell, this is DJ Sam Marco saying peace out, one love, and we'll see you down the road. We're going out to Delroy Wilson. Everything I try to do, See you tomorrow.